we're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned out. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers. I'm Benton Crane, CEO at Harmon Brothers. Nice to be back. And our guest today is Rachel Farnsworth. Hello. Welcome, Rachel. Rachel is, well, she has the Facebook um, the Facebook page, The Stay at Home Chef. Correct. Which has millions of followers. Yeah. Yeah, we'll say that. Yeah. You have some other um, food pages, right? Yes, I do. Cooking, I have a Facebook food. Well, I have a lot of pages. Yeah. Your top I would ones. Say, I would say my active ones, the stay-at-home chef. And then on Facebook, watch, I have the page recipes. Recipes, yes. Those are my two flagship pages. I've been following these pages now for months, and I get hungry every single time something <laughs> pops up. Okay, so um, Rachel, if you could give our audience a little bit um, of your backstory, what, what you were doing prior to um, the stay-at-home chef, and before kind of making it big, as everyone would think of it, right? So I was actually a social worker for a while and uh, worked in human resources for a big corporation. And then I became a stay-at-home mom. And this was back in 2008. And I didn't know quite what to do all day. And so I did stuff for me. And I, at the time, people had these little blogs uh, that they kept with like their families and stuff. And well, I was doing a whole bunch of recipe development. And so I started putting recipes on a blog. I thought, oh, hey, I could just put it on a blog and then you can easily find it. Um, but then when I had my second child, um, when I was pregnant with her, I had a heart, liver and kidney failure. And they didn't know what was wrong with me. And it took them a long time um, to figure out that I had Addison's disease. And so I, um, which is an autoimmune disorder. It's an right? autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. Um, it's rare. Um, but it left me permanently disabled and it kind of left me wondering what my place was and like, could I ever, could I ever have value? Could I ever be productive? Could I ever even have a job? Um, those were questions that ran through my mind a lot. I can't have any more children. And so I thought, well, I got 18 years and then I'm just going to be bored. What am I going to do with myself? I'll, be, I'll still be so young. Um, and so I just started um, thinking, well, maybe I can take this little blog and turn it into something. And so I did everything wrong instead of keeping the brand that I'd already started building for myself. I changed names and started a new website and did everything the wrong way. That's not how I'd <laughs> recommend doing that. Um, but I, um, I started this little blog called the stay at home chef. And when I started it, my husband said, you know, video is the future of the internet. Now I, I know this could potentially be a, a sensitive subject. And so it, it, if it is just let us know. Um, but could you talk a little bit more? You mentioned that it, it kind of left you with a, a disability. Now, we, we don't perceive that at all when we interact with you. Or, or, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I look young and healthy, and um, but on the inside, I am more, I have much more in common with an 80-year-old woman. Oh, so wow. I have permanent damage to my heart. I have permanent damage to my kidney, kidneys, um, permanent damage to my liver, in addition to Addison's disease. Um, which affects my ability to deal with stress. So even just, um, oh, hey, I'm so stressed out, as well as it's cold outside. 
that's also stress on your body. In fact, that kind of stress affects me a lot more than the emotional stress. And I don't, I'm also one of the rare people with Addison's disease that I also don't produce adrenaline. So that makes, uh, so you have to supplement. Well, so I don't. Okay. Um, because you don't really know when you're going to need those bursts of adrenaline. Okay. Uh-huh. My body just kind of shuts down. So that's real funny. I pass out a lot. It actually What's ends up lot? being funny. Oh, I probably uh, pass out at least once a week. Oh, wow. Okay. So, C- can you sense it's coming or have you had some nasty falls as uh, a result a lot, of So it? a lot of times I pass out because um, of a you need adrenaline. I get in a situation where I get scared. Something happens, you know. Mm-hmm. That, get in a near miss in the car and as a passenger um for some reason that's way more scary than when you're in the driver oh sure. i'm in control but if you're the passenger and you're, your you're life like, you're is at stake control, here right. yeah it feels out of control it scares me so instead of like responding with you know fight or flight i just uh have nothing just and come. i just pass out wow. so usually it, i'm like oh no because i i know the scare happened i i react so, so if you're on your feet when the scare happens, can you tell that it's coming? Yeah, you so I try. Like, I try to at least uh, like grab someone near me that can help me, or um, just kind of let myself and brace myself for a good fall. Mm-hmm. So I only get hurt every once in a while. It, oh most of the situations end up being fairly funny okay. at this point. It's it's so normal that that it just happens. So. As that reality kind of set in in your life, you, you mentioned that you kind of came to this crossroads where where you realized you needed to find something. Yeah. What, what did that feel like? What was that experience like? Um, it's really difficult. I think the really humbling parts for me were when I had when I realized I needed um, to have a walker and a cane and use those. Um, and I do use those on occasion still. Um. I like if I go to Disneyland or something, that's, Mm -hmm. that's way too hard for me. I have to use a wheelchair and those are very humbling experiences. Um, it's really humbling for people to give me, give you the up and down. And it happens to me a lot. If I'm using a walker, if I'm using a cane, um, they give me the, the double take the up, look up and down and you can see it. Like you look fine. Yeah. What? stop stealing the wheelchairs they're for they're for disabled people i'm like yeah i know i look i look super healthy um but then i can also easily turn into an 80 year old woman where i can't walk i can't i can't function and i really felt i felt helpless it's hard it's hard to be a mom with a disability Mm -hmm. um you know there's just days where i'm bedridden and how do you take care of children that way um and so it it just had left me with so many questions and so much doubt for myself. Like what what could I even do? Could I do anything? I'm I'm fairly certain I could never have a traditional job. I'd get fired um before I could ever be protected for my disability. Um because I wouldn't be able to get to work on time. I couldn't I'd take too much time off. I you know, these are real issues that a lot of people face and it's it's a really humbling experience to wonder, well, how, how could I ever do anything again? And I realized I could never work for someone, yeah. but that I could give myself a chance. So I started something. The stay-at-home chef. The stay-at-home chef. That's awesome. And now it is like a food media empire. It, it is. It's a, <laughs> we've turned into this media empire, which is cool, but mostly, um, I mean, that's kind of recent. Mm-hmm, that is true. <laughs> well, talk a little bit about that. Like, how how long did that struggle last 
to where it's started to pay in dividends. Well, we know I started with um, real-time cooking videos. Yeah. Science, so yeah. it started off really bad. I just needed a long time to learn. The learning curve was very steep for me, and I'm disabled, so it was really hard to hike up the the hill there or something. <laughs> I don't know. M- mostly it was just me. <laughs> yeah. But it was I didn't get it. I didn't get what people wanted, and I didn't get... I don't have a natural eye for photography. I okay. don't have a natural eye for videography. So I had to mm-hmm. learn this all the hard way. And, um, but eventually I saw an opportunity on Facebook with video. Um, Buzzfeed Tasty had launched mm-hmm. um, their Tasty page in June of 2015. Which I used to follow. July yeah. of 2015. Mm-hmm. And um, summer 2015, they launched it as an experiment. Yeah. And I saw what they were doing and I'd already been making, I already had tons of videos that I'd been putting up on YouTube. And so I started doing just hands only, but I realized I'd already been doing that. I'd already been making these hands only cooking videos for a while. I didn't see the potential to turn them into entertainment until Uh Tasty came along. So six months later, as they're just exploding on Facebook, I start producing videos for other people. Yeah. Um, for other uh, food bloggers and people who were doing really well, and they let me experiment on their pages okay. with their recipes. So I started making all these videos, and um, they failed too. Okay. It took me several months before the summer of then 2016, so a year, Tasty is a year old. Mm-hmm. Um, my videos start exploding. These videos that I made for other people, they just insanely viral, instantly. People, I couldn't make enough yeah. for people to be satiated they everybody wanted me to make a video for them and because they just it felt like it was magic Mm -hmm. that it just everything that you put up went viral just everything and then started learning that the content actually did matter Mm -hmm. and uh not everything went viral because like some videos will just never yeah people aren't on facebook aren't interested in some elaborate cooking (laughs) we'll say (laughs) Some food is just super not energy. Yeah, it's super involved. Yeah. It's just, you see it and go, well, I could never do that. So, so there's, so there's it loses a lot of learning. Some re- it relate, loses some relatability for them, right? Yeah. They just are like, well, I'm never going to make that. Why uh-huh. would I spend $50 to make oatmeal? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to do that. Like, okay, okay, okay. I, le- I see there. There was content mattered. <laughs> what about people's familiarity around particular types of food. If you do something that's non-traditional, does that tend to do better or worse in terms of view counts? So kind of both. Uh, Super traditional ones that everyone can relate to that their grandma made will either uh, spike people's interest of just, oh, you know, I love that dish. I'm going to make that again. Nostalgia kind of things. Or it'll make them super angry. And um, they let me know that their grandma did not make it that way or that their mom didn't make it that way. And how dare I do that? How dare I call that a taco? (laughs) How is it not? You know, just a lot of these things. But those tend to do well. Anything that incites emotion, um, food is just surprisingly negative. So 2017 is where you kind of turn the corner and all of a sudden your, your videos are going viral. Yes. So from the outside looking in, people are probably thinking, wow, overnight success, Rachel Farnsworth, <laughs> that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But of course, you're giving us a behind the scenes look that that overnight success actually took like how four many years? years? Four years. Four years. So I, I had my first viral video that I produced for myself in October 
of 2016. So late 2017. Late in 2016. Uh And then um, went from 57,000 followers to a million followers. What what looked like overnight. Yeah. So, but it was really four years. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting because as an ad agency, most of the big ad agencies are in New York, Chicago, LA, San Francisco, right? The big cities. And and so initially, early in our history, we were kind of like, well, hopefully we can succeed in spite of being in Provo, Utah, little old Provo, Utah, right? And it wasn't until several years later that somebody pointed out to us that being in Provo gave us a different perspective than what other agencies tend to have. And that was the first time that we looked at each other and we were like, wow, maybe we're succeeding at least in part, because of this quote-unquote disadvantage that, that you know, we thought we were facing. So my question for you, Rachel, given all that you've faced along the way, do you see your success more as um, in spite of all that you've faced or largely because of the all that you've faced? So I like to phrase it as I do it to spite my disability. It's Mm -hmm. not in spite of my disability. It is to spite my disability. (laughs) I like it. It drives me. It really does. And it pushes me to do things and be a little more risky, Mm -hmm. be willing to take the risks and start investing money in video. When people, people used to tell me that I was wasting my time, that, that, that food video on Facebook, like that'll ever be a thing Mm -hmm. or I don't need to do that. And I, I got told so many times, you're wasting your time. I'm like, th- that video though that I just made for this person has 50 million views. You know, you think mm-hmm. I'm wasting my time. So, um, yeah, it's been interesting because now all those people do video. <laughs> That's so awesome. you have to be willing to take the risk, right? Yeah. And I, I feel like my disability actually makes me more prone to taking it, just risking it all because why not? Yeah, you wouldn't be here if ha- having not gone through that, right? Yeah, you know, and I... I I really struggle with my health and I, I don't know that I'll ever live to be old. That, that would be really surprising. Um, if I lived to be like an old woman. And so I, like, I am very aware of my limited time mm-hmm. and that there's always that clock ticking. And it really, in reality, it's that same way for everyone. Yeah. And, but I'm just more aware of it. And so it just makes me really go all in. Like I go all in on being a mom. I go all in on, being a business owner, I give, I go all in on everything because why not? Mm-hmm. I I hope that the inspiration that like we feel sitting here <laughs> next to you, I hope that transmits through, through through the camera and and through the audio. I'm because, just I'm just me. <laughs> um, but inspiring. you is it, you are so full of passion and life and energy that that just exudes and and it's really a privilege to to be here and to talk to you and I hope that trans transmits to our audience as well. Well, thanks. As my cheeks start to burn. Let me ask a follow-up question. For a lot of our audience, I think they would be very interested in the way to build a Facebook watch page. What would be three strategies that you would say are kind of like essential yeah essential for for doing this so facebook watch is a bit of a different platform and if you're going to build facebook watch it is a great place to be it is this i feel like it's this secret gold mine that people are standing outside 
too scared to go in, but everybody that goes in is like, yeah, just let, let them think that because this is great. <laughs> but we don't need anybody else to come in. But there's just this endless gold mine, I feel like, on Facebook Watch okay. right now. But if you, not everyone, it's not a magic wand. Yeah, okay. It's just not. Um, but those who get it okay. and launch can do amazing things. And I've seen this happen in so many different people that I've talked into doing this Facebook watch okay. thing yeah. that they're like, once they get it, it's just this great place to be. So yeah. if you're going to go into Facebook watch, number one, learn everything you can about Facebook. So you just understand how regular Facebook works, what their current goals are for the platform. And then you take that knowledge with a bunch of really strong content. And if you come out of the gate strong on Facebook watch, you will succeed in so many ways. Um, come out of the gate swinging. If you're going to go in, go all in. So there's there's one, two other things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so come out of the gate swinging. Um, make sure you're uploading frequently. Okay. This is not a platform where... How frequently? Uh, daily. Okay, daily. Upload daily. Um, Especially out of the gate. Yes, like, especially right? out of the gate, okay. but this is a different sort of platform. It's not going to be, you can't get away with releasing one great thing a month. Yeah. Really, the algorithm is looking at a 30-day history for you. So keep your 30-day history strong. Be consistent. Um, if you don't have enough content, you can always share others who are within that same sphere that hit the same target audience that enhance your content. Okay. That make sure it enhances. Okay. So, um, so, um, essentially if you can't originate all the content, then curate some yes. to supplement. Okay. Yes. That's curate good. it. The, the, there's no issue with doing that on Facebook. It won't dilute your brand. You're going to be okay. Facebook is a much more collaborative platform and people aren't necessarily going to be visiting your page feed and seeing misplaced brands this right. is about sharing what you like yeah. and being communal it won't dilute your brand at all and i know a lot of people worry about that okay. it won't it will only help you build by feeding your audience yeah you that you really got to feed your audience there and give them a consumption rate i mean that facebook news feed is endless scrolling there's yeah. endless consumption opportunities there you have to keep feeding that machine okay and then a third. I'm really pushing you here. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't be afraid to experiment and don't give up during the ebbs mm. versus the flows. I think that's the mistake that I see people happen. Mm. It happens all the time. People give up at the slightest um, pushback. Okay. And the algorithm is designed in such a way that there is always going to be pushback. Every three months, Facebook does a major release. I can show it to you in my analytics. Yep. I, don't, I don't have to know that knowledge. I can see it in the data yep. that every three months there's a release um, that, that majorly impacts the algorithm. If you give up at the slightest sign of pushback, you will never succeed. Okay. And, and most things in life. Don't give up as soon as you face resistance. That's when things can get really good. Continue to experiment. Yeah, just awesome. experiment, push the lines, see what you can do. That's fantastic. Before we wrap up, do you have anything that is coming down the pipeline that you would like our listeners to keep an eye out for? You should keep your eye out for Brain Benders. Brain Benders? Brain benders? Yes, that okay. will be our new show on Facebook Watch. Okay. Um, 
it is not food related I was at all. Ask if it was food related. No, it is not. it's more science. Like, is it all about omega threes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've done a little bit of food content um, okay. that we have ready for release because once again, we're going to come out of the gate strong here. Um, but it's more educational, science learning, appealing to all ages, but especially adults who just want to keep their brains active. So awesome, brain benders. Cool. And where can our listeners learn more about you? About me, you can visit the stayathomechef.com. Rachel, we have a gift for you. Oh, thank you. This is our book. Um, it was authored by Chris Jones, who followed us around for three years, like a fly on the wall. Well, we're excited to give you a copy, and there's also a little gift bag there with some goodies from our clients. Oh, thank you so much. All right, guys, that's it with Rachel Farnsworth. Again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for allowing us into your studio. Remember to like, to subscribe, follow, comment, all that good stuff, share, and we'll see you on the next one.